0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Shazi Visram. I met Shazi working on a project I was doing with her company, Healthy Baby, and I really became interested in her story because. She has a son, now 12, who was diagnosed with autism when he was 26 months old. And she has a daughter who is now five years old. And Shazi founded Happy Baby and now Healthy Baby. And she's very committed to creating products for babies that are made as clean and friendly to the environment and to children themselves, to babies' bodies and they're developing brains. One of the things Shazi and I talk a lot about is what it's like to raise a typically developing child in the context of having a special needs child. So today's episode, we're actually focusing on her child who is developing very typically, and she's just a five-year-old who is struggling like any other five-year-old might be struggling but it's totally different when you see it through the lens of also caring for a special needs child and making sure that everybody gets what they need including mom. Shazi's also just a phenomenal businesswoman and philanthropist. She also has a new podcast out, Healthy Baby. So you can check that out in the show notes and I really felt like this conversation was one that would be beneficial to any parent who has this kind of experience. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and write a little review. And please DM me with any follow-up questions and anything that's on your mind. I love hearing from you. And if you like this podcast and you want to support my work, don't forget to sign up for drelisa.bulletin dot com. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a free content subscription. And then there's a hopefully very accessible paid content subscription for 4 dollars a month. But we're going to do some wonderful things, including a mindful parenting interactive course with premium members that's happening in May. So I'm very excited for all that we can do together in this community. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week.
1: Okay. So Zane, my son, just turned 12. He was diagnosed with autism at about 26 months after being really typically developing the first 18 months. So like we got to dance with him and talk to him and play with him and play peekaboo and a lot of things he used to do. And then we saw him regress. So part of our journey is like knowing that our child is in there because we, we saw him first. It wasn't like When he was first born, there were any symptoms or signs of autism. And you know this, but autism is a set of symptoms that typically they present as repetitive behaviors and then challenges with social connections and communication. And Zane is actually like super connected, but he has challenges with behavior. He does a lot of repetitive things that can be stigmatizing, and he has a really hard time producing language. So he was nonverbal until age eight. And now Asha is kind of new to the game. She's just turned five. She's quite connected and very able to articulate a lot of things and asks a lot of questions. And when first, in the early days, we loved so much that she would just look up to Zane as this like perfect big brother. And it was like really special for us because we put a lot of effort into I don't want to say engineering but you know we we did IVF to have a girl autism tends to run in families girls are four times less likely to have autism and so you know we we did a lot also you know as as many of the causative factors that I've ever identified in science and the research that we could control we tried to control so we put a lot into having this child and then she participated in the early years with a lot of in a lot of Zane's therapies And, you know, for her, it was just playing. Mm -hmm. And then I think we hit a bump and it happened during COVID when Zane's behaviors really kind of went off a cliff because he lost his whole support system at school. And he requires a lot of, you know, he requires one-on-one care. So at school, he has an aide and a speech therapist and a PT and an OT and a special ed teacher and, you know, all of these specials. And then outside of school, he has two different caregivers. And Asha loves those caregivers too. And so some of the questions I have are around showing her a level of equality because she gets so jealous. Mm -hmm. And especially during COVID, he had like, he really regressed. Like a lot of our big hard fought wins, I felt like were dialed back so quickly and it was just such a difficult time. I mean, for all of us, but for her, you know, she was, I guess, three, so we started noticing or doing certain things, and I haven't really quite figured out how to address them. So, I'll give you an example. So, some of Zane's behaviors are like, you know, he's there, he's like all over the place. He sort of like flails and he makes this vocal stim. So, he makes these like loud sounds. And it's stigmatizing to be out in social situations when, like, all of a sudden a child kind of, you know, we're always around kids screaming and. Cry, you know, crying and it's okay, but like it's different, especially now that he's larger, uh, he's a bigger kid, and you just don't expect a kid to make all of a sudden make a loud sound. It startles you, you know, and that's yeah. fair. And so, as a result of a lot of these things and a lot of, you know, it's just Zane's really challenging, and we put so much time and love and attention into supporting him because we know he's in there, and Asha sees that. But then, you know, we don't go to very many social events for Zane. And now Asha's at an age where she's getting invited to parties and we try to go or one of us will take her to a birthday party. And, you know, for instance, like the stigmatizing behaviors are enough for us to probably say, let's not bring Zane. Let's make this Asha's own experience. Yeah. But like, here's a question. One, when she's trying to get attention, she does those stigmatizing behaviors, which are not in her, they're not really in her pure repertoire. Like she's putting it on.
0: Sure. That's so adaptive of her.
1: Yes, yeah, but it, it's like a dagger to the heart. Yeah, to see your like to see your child, you know, feign autism <laughs> mm. <laughs> to get your attention. But then number two, so like she'll do that sometimes, and we need. I'd love your guidance on on how to handle that and how to address it because she is a very sentient being and can converse like the same way you and I are right now. She's just right. so. She's so there already. And then, like, on the other hand, like, so when we do go with her to a birthday party or an outing, like, how do we set her and us up for success in that scenario when the other kids have their siblings there? Their big brothers are there. They're all playing together. And, you know, Asha has to go out and, like, she's, you know, she's in the little crowd and she finds her way and she makes friends and she has the friends she knows and she plays. But then on the way home, She's asking, well, like, why can't Zane come to blah blah blah's birthday party? Mm-hmm. So, a, there's a couple. Those are two yeah. questions Those in are one. Two
0: but. Questions of so the first part is about the feigning autism part, is more just an illustration of the ways she's trying to communicate what she's going through, which is what's the meaning behind the behavior? behavior is communication and she's communicating. I need more connection in this moment. And I see how I'm going to get it. Like Mm -hmm. I I see how it works for my brother. So it's very straightforward. And probably before you want to curb that behavior, you want to acknowledge to her, I get why you're doing that. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. You see how much your brother gets when he does that because that is how he can communicate. But you have so many other ways to communicate. I'm here for you. Let's figure out a different way for you to say it, which is real easy to say when you're not irritated and not looking at the difference in one's capacity to communicate versus another's. But if you can let go, like, it's hard, I imagine, and I've never lived this experience, but to look at a five-year-old who has what must seem so miraculous because yeah. she, she, is, she has, yeah. even her everyday existence, she's just operating from a developmental trajectory that makes sense and maybe seems pretty typical to other people, but for you guys, you can appreciate the miracle of all of it.
1: Very much. Yeah. And, and, Look at this will lead to another question. And I appreciate that, but I still have a follow up.
0: And and so I before you follow up, I just want yeah. to say that she's not gonna appreciate the capacity to operate in a developmentally typical way and say, Oh, thank you. I totally like I, <laughs> I can say it in plain English. Sorry about that. I misunderstood, Bo is gonna get attention. She needs to feel that she's seen and understood and not just the character in the story who's already got it all. So what do you need this for? Yeah. And I imagine that she she's going to need that first in shorthand, even as you try to juggle the fact that you're dealing with a 12-year-old boy who really needs to figure out how to communicate in that way. And now... A little break so I can tell you about my sponsor, Papaya. I used to go through disposable paper towels like crazy because there's a lot of cleaning spills, wiping counters, wiping hands, and wiping dishes. And in the last two years, just so much extra cleaning and sanitizing. So when I heard about Papaya's reusable paper towels, I was very curious but a little suspicious that it would not be as amazing as it is. And actually one papaya paper towel replaces 17 rolls of disposable paper towels, not 17 sheets, 17 rolls. I think that is just such a win. And it's so easy. I thought it would be complicated. You actually just use it, put water on it, squeeze it, put it back, hang it back up. If you feel like it's just getting dirty, stick it in the dishwasher. Could not be easier and so convenient and actually kind of cute. They look great hanging up in my kitchen. And I absolutely did not think that a reusable paper towel was going to be able to do the same thing as paper towels and certainly not dish rags. So I'm so done buying bulky disposable paper towels. They're going straight to landfill unnecessarily when this is such a cool product. It's the kind of product you never knew you needed until you tried it for yourself. The code for you is humans to get 20% off your first order at www.papayareusables.com. That's papayareusables.com. And now a word from my sponsor, Helix Mattress. I just received my Helix Mattress and I'm so excited because my mother is coming to visit and I wanted to make sure that she was Happy and comfortable. And I wanted to get the best mattress I could. And it was so easy, easy to unbox, easy to put out. I tested it out, slept a beautiful night's sleep because Helix has a sleep quiz and it takes two minutes. You complete the quiz and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from soft, medium, firm mattresses that are good for cooling down if you sleep hot, mattresses that are great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. There's even Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you're looking for the mattress for you, take the quiz, get the right match. And if you don't want to take my word for it, Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2021 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep, you know how important sleep is to me, and to science and to children, they have a great children's mattress, so just go to helixSleep.com/humans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep ever. Plus, they have a 10-year warranty, and you can try it out for a 100 nights risk-free, and they'll pick it up if you don't love it, but they know you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash humans.
1: Here's another example of that, but different where I I didn't know what to do to curb the behavior. So this is more recent, but Zane had an episode where he wet the bed at night and that's, that's not typical for him. He is mostly independent with toileting, but like it happened, and, you know, with autism, we autism parents are trained to like not make a huge deal of behaviors that you don't ever want to see again because you don't want to kind of because they they like the attention, so to speak. But that night we did make a big deal of it because I had to like run around and change the sheets. And it was just you know it's like one of those nights where then Asha woke up and she realized what was happening. And then in her mm-hmm. mind, she's just thinking Zane's getting a lot of attention for this. And sure. then all of a sudden, my perfectly potty trained daughter, the next night, wet her bed, her mm-hmm. toddler bed. And then she said, She said, Mama, I want to wear the pull ups again. I'm not ready. And I'm like, But you haven't been wearing, you know, and like, remember, and this, it is a little bit strange, but Zane is the emblem of happy baby. Like, it's for 15 years, mm-hmm. there's a company and he's like all over it. And then in my new company, like, for her, the diaper is like her, like that's her thing. Um, So maybe there's something there too. I don't know how to unpack that. But like, she literally is wearing, you know, our pull-ups that are, they're soft and nice, you know, but like, like, I don't want to wait. I I find that to be really wasteful. And I also like, my heart broke a little bit because it's, it was almost like she was saying, like, I just want you to baby me more. Mm -hmm. Should I? keep letting her wear pull-up diapers to bed when she doesn't need them at all?
0: I think you could the next day have a conversation, not at night, because you got to go to bed. I mean, that's a whole other thing. But during the day, I think you could say to her, this is true for all, you know, we know like the most important thing for healthy development is a sensitive and loving caregiver who has very clear boundaries. So Mm -hmm. the sensitive and loving part is you saw that your brother had an accident in his bed and it really got a lot of attention at night and you tried it and you want to feel like you have something that's yours. And so you want to wear this pull-up, but I know that you don't need the pull-up. So let's figure out another way for you to be able to do this without wasting a pull-up because we know your body doesn't need it. And so you're not negating her experience. You're saying like, it makes sense that you wanted to do it this way, but let's give it a try without a pull-up because I know you can do it. And then we'll figure out another way to find a little bit of time for you to get some,
1: you know, whatever it is, special time with me. All right. I'm just telling you, I'm going to schedule a part two if I take that off and she pees to bed that night. Well, listen. It's like she did it on purpose. She quite literally did it on purpose. Well, of course.
0: And she might do it again for three nights. But Uh when you accommodate that with a pull-up, you're basically saying you're guaranteeing it. Whereas if you, if you put on, you know, a waterproof sheet and a cover and just like put a towel over it for the night that she pees and just don't give it a thing. It's a couple of days of being a little stinky and maybe you have to shower in the morning, but she'll stop doing it. You set the limit, but you give the sensitivity. I think the sort of more, I don't even want to use the word damaging because I think that that's too harsh, but the more problematic approach is to Either say like, "What are you talking about? You know, how, you've known how to do yeah. this for X number of years or days or months. There's no way. Go to bed. You just wanted attention, and yeah. that's giving the boundary but missing the sensitivity, or the reverse, which is, "Oh my God, you poor thing. You've gone through so much. You're such a supportive sister. You've seen, you've seen your brother get all this attention. Of course, you want diapers here, are diapers, and do whatever yeah. you want."
1: So like- Put them on your dolls and- Yeah,
0: and by the way, putting them on your dolls is wonderful. And that's yeah. not that's not permissive in any way, shape or form. That's a great solution. And she can take care of her dolls. And if they have a pee-pee accident, she's got a diaper for them. That's but for thing. her, she doesn't need the diaper. And so you can help her feel like, but you still see why she would want one. And yeah. that's where you're doing your part as being the sensitive caregiver. That's the only difference between like- there is some confusion that if you are sensitive, you'll also accommodate that need right there. But what what the need was in the communication, it wasn't actually in the diaper
1: wearing. That makes a lot of sense on those one hand when she's exhibiting a behavior to get the same type of attention. The pendulum swings both ways with mm-hmm. her. So on the other side, and this is this is on me and Joe, but like imagine what it's been like for twelve years to give gifts to Zane, where he's like, never gotten excited about unwrapping a box, never, like, think of all the gifts people have given us. And like, you know, they all want to see him wearing the thing or playing with the toy they gave him or doing the, and it's like, he doesn't even, he's so not motivated by what's inside the box. And for many years, you know, we had that like, kind of disappointment at Christmas and birthdays and where so many people would give things and You know, we've learned to to like temper. Like with Asha, the first time we gave her toys and that she opened them and had that like magical delight of like, oh my God, a a baby doll. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was playing with it appropriately and like engaging in pretend play and all of the things that I know so well in small little steps to try to encourage with Zane and just to see her do things so quickly and, you know, immediately like get it. Number one, it's like a little bit heartbreaking and shocking to think of like the love of my life, my first love of my life, Zane, and the struggle he goes through to accomplish things that she can do literally like just like that. Like Mm -hmm. it took us three years to teach him how to blow out a candle and she could do it just like that on her first birthday. Or there's just so many things like that, right? So so with toys, we were the ones who got like the positive reinforcement by giving her toys. And now... (laughs) we've kind of created, I mean, almost like a monster because I think for some reason she thinks that's her way to get equal representation is like more stuff and which is everything I'm against, you know, I'm like fewer, better things. I'm about like less stuff and more of the engagement. And so it's funny because in this ironic way, she like now is, she's addicted to this having stuff and we fed the addiction because initially felt so good, it felt so good, and now I'm realizing, so like tell me what to do. <laughs> well,
0: one thing I just want to address that you said <laughs> with the present thing is again, it's pretty standard fair it's just because you have the emotions underneath it where it's it's not as easy to see. but the first thing I want to say is there will never be equality between any you know siblings, whether or not they're typically developing or atypically developing. But in this case, helping her understand the difference between equitable and equal yeah. is what's really going to help serve her. And equitable means each of, you know, Zane gets what he needs and she gets what she needs. And that's what you care about. That doesn't mean that what she needs isn't as important. And that's the part that's tricky yeah. for, for her grownups, right? Like she needs support and attention about something fairly seemingly mundane, right? She just wants to, I can't think of a single thing a child does right now, but she just yeah. wants to get a dress on, or she's just interested in playing with her doll with you or something. That's as important as Zane getting his therapies or whatever, support he needs at night. It's just they're they're not exactly the same. And so for her to understand, this is a very typical example of explaining this to kids. If everybody gets a cupcake and they get the same cupcake, but one person is allergic to cupcakes, it's equal, but it's not equitable because they should get a different dessert so that they don't have an allergy attack.
1: Yeah.
0: And so you give them a different dessert but it's still everybody's getting a dessert. And so that's how she just framing things around equity versus equal. That's what's fair. And so part of this is the present thing is like, it feels for her, like that's a need that she has because it's separate for, you know, like she can appreciate the presents. She's opening the presents. It's fun for you guys to give a present but you can easily pull back and say, when she wants something, let's put that on your birthday list or your half birthday list. You know, there are, there's like at least one celebration potential per month Yeah, because you can pick a minor holiday, you can pick anything you want, but yeah. you, can, you can do quarter birthdays, you can do half birthdays, you can <laughs> do, you know, first day of school, last day of school, a number of different Christmas, Hanukkah,
1: Oh, she wants it all. Kwanzaa, she's God. it. There's so but many. She, but it's, it's. I mean, the gifts, it's like she'll see Zane. For, for her, for some reason, she thinks the things that he's working with that are actually like therapeutic tools are toys. But
0: for her, it's they are toys. They are so toys. So she
1: sees it as a toy. And I'm like, Asha, that is a chewy tube. He has to like chew on that, to practice oral motor. So he could maybe make some of the sounds that that you are so you are so able to make, but then it's hard to not feel emotional about like, it's so hard for him. Like I have this example, like, because she, she just wants equity always. So it's like if she saw that he had this box of chewy tubes and then there were some positive reinforcers and you use that with kids with autism to help shape behavior, you get positive reinforcers. And for Zane right now, that's these sugar-free lollipops. And they're literally like xylitol sugar-free lollipops, you know? And yeah she found out that they were in his room in the box of all of his like oral motor tools. And, um, she's like, it's not fair. Zane has lollipops in his room and I want lollipops in my room. And I'm like, okay, well, but Zane has them in there just because they go with, it's like part of what they do with nighttime therapy for speech therapy. So what's equity there? Do I give her lollipops in her room?
0: No, that's equal. If you gave her the lollipops, that'd be equal. She doesn't need lollipops in her room at night. But what's equitable is first, also, and this is just a reminder everybody needs at all times, right before you try to give a rational argument back to a child who is a totally thinking, competent, seemingly reasonable person. So it's like, makes sense. like, she's
1: five. so she's
0: five, right? (laughs) And, but this is true even with teenagers that are, beyond capable of having rich conversations and critical thinking. We all do this. I'm sure I did it this morning on the way to school. We launch into our reasoning, but Mm -hmm. before you launch into any reasoning, when you want to connect. So even just say to her, you basically mirror back to her what she complained about with no judgment. So you're in doing so you're saying I hear you, You, exactly. You want those lollipops in your room too. That makes sense because that's something that your brother has and you don't have. Here's the difference. Mm
1: -hmm. So now
0: you can say, this is something he needs therapeutically. And otherwise, I absolutely would not want anybody to have a lollipop in their room because it would be really unhealthy. (laughs) So here's what we can do. It sounds like you would like something that makes sense for you, and then you can offer a, like a sweets box in the kitchen for her that she can yeah. go to at, you know, at other times. But so you're, because she doesn't need it in the bedroom, it's not optimal to have it in a bedroom with a five-year-old because what self-regulated five, even the most self-regulated five-year-old is not going to do great with that. But you've acknowledged it. And so yeah. it's clear. And then once you've acknowledged it, it's okay for her to be mad about it. That's the other thing is... When you're sensitive and loving and your child is still mad, that's just part of being a person. So as long as you don't say too bad, you're mad, like suck it up, but you're understanding and you can wait out their anger and name it, then you're connected and you're doing your job because you can't always fix that feeling of like, this isn't fair. It doesn't feel fair. I get it. I want to remind you that, you know, sometimes it's not going to look equal but that's because you guys have different needs. And what are some of your needs? Let's figure that out. So this is a fun one. I love coffee. I love iced coffee. If you love it too, listen up. How does cold brew on tap sound to you? Wandering Bear is the best cold brew you can get without leaving your house. And they make a delicious, smooth, rich, chocolatey-tasting cold brew. They put it in a very cool box with a tap-like boxed wine and the box keeps it fresh and makes it so convenient to fill your cup up every morning. It's like having a little fancy coffee shop in your refrigerator. Wandering Bear is the best coffee money can buy. It's 100% organic. It's strong. It's smooth. And it's got a cute little bear staring back at you when you open the box. There are actually six different flavors to choose from. There's black, vanilla, caramel, mocha, hazelnut, and decaf. I am not a decaf drinker, but apparently the decaf is good according to my high school student. Find your favorite flavor, drink and repeat, and it's all organic and dairy free. There's also a subscription service, so you'll never run out of coffee, and it's a much better price per cup versus going to a coffee shop every day and requires actually no effort. So, get 20% off your order with the code humans at wanderingbear.com. Again, that's 20% off your order with code humans at wanderingbear.com. I don't know about you, but I can guess that if you're a parent listening or working really hard, falling into a deep sleep when your mind is thinking about all that you have to do and that you did not do and whether or not your children are asleep, these things can really make falling asleep less of a beautiful, blissful, calm experience than perhaps it once was. I love this product, Magnesium, by Moon Juice. It's this fizzy pink drink formulated with three forms of bioavailable magnesium and L-theanine, which anybody who's tried those knows that that just really helps with muscle relaxation, deep sleep, healthy brain activity, and a focused sense of calm. These are things we need as parents to be the best parents we can be, not perfect, but just doing our best and deserve a good night's sleep and a little sense of peace before you fall asleep. And most magnesium supplements on the market contain one form of magnesium, but magnesium has three different forms, all bioavailable, and it helps you fall asleep, stay asleep, and not for nothing, go to the bathroom in the morning, which is just a nice bonus. Very easy to mix. One teaspoon into water dissolves instantly. Tastes like yummy berries. And the L-theanine gives you a a sense of calm. They call it meditation. You can sip. And it really is just a nice way to get yourself into a place to go sleep. To find your calm, go to www.moonjuice.com and use the code HUMANS at checkout for 20% off. Find your com at www.moonjuice.com. And don't forget to put in humans at checkout for 20% off.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like life's not fair. I mean, sometimes I want to say like life's not fair. I, I didn't know. want, I, I didn't expect, I, know, that is I didn't expect to a Zane. Like I didn't want you to have, I like, it's not that I, I love Zane so much, but it's so challenging. And we do put a lot of effort into like helping him. And then you think about it from the parenting side, like Joe and I have just, it's just like, you know, at the end of every day, it's almost like you're wrung completely out of energy. And then she's this perfectly developing, totally f- fine little person. It's not that we don't, obviously we love her, but it's, it's sort of like it's just, it's just like, it's just like you're so overspent on just coping with him. And, and I do think this is really important. And the reason, the reason I want to do this is because I think it's important. I mean, like autism isn't just a, it isn't just something that affects my life or a few people I know. I mean, the CDC just released the most recent data. I'm sure you saw it, but one in 26 children in the state of California have an autism diagnosis. So if one in 26, then think of how many siblings there are. So there are other families that must, must have these challenges. And it's like- You go to bat for your, you have to become the voice and the advocate for your child who has no voice, but then there's one with the voice and, and they, they need you just as much in different ways. And it's hard to like feel the empathy because it's like, it's like, she's had it made, you know, it's like, she's got it. She like, and that's
0: your lens
1: is she's got it
0: made. And that yeah. is the thing to just, I mean, look, when she's older, she will yeah process that, but You can't shame that into somebody and you can't, you only get worse behavior when you don't acknowledge. It must feel so hard to be a five-year-old with this amazing brother that you love very much, but who has all of these challenges that you don't have. And we put a lot of time and energy into supporting those challenges. Like if she doesn't understand that she is just as important, it's so beautiful. Like her behavior really is just communicating Hi, I just want to let you know that I might seem like I've got it all, but I need, I need to be seen as yeah. my own individual self, even though, yeah, I look like I've got everything, but look, I mean, this is the story of every, the, the people that apologize because they should be grateful. You know, those people, right? Like we're all those people at certain points in our lives of just like, we feel pain which is inevitable for whatever reason, and it's all relative. And then we say, like, I know I should be grateful for, and you list the things that you're grateful for. You're allowed to be grateful and also feel the range of feelings that humans experience. My pain may be different. And sure, there are times when I want to look at my kids and make a comment about kids in Ukraine right now yeah. because I'm like, yeah, are you
1: kidding me, like, we have it made yeah, comparatively. We have it made. Yeah. But those
0: need to be two separate conversations. Yeah. One has to be in the context of talking about kids in a situation where they're refugees. And one is a separate conversation of, here's what you're experiencing right now. And it is not, you know, I remember my grandfather saying to my sister when she was crying about taking the bar, <laughs> it was like, when I was your age, I was running through the forest from the Nazis. And she was like, oh my God. thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so what did she learn? She did not learn to be grateful that she wasn't running in the forest from Nazis. Mm-hmm. She learned not to tell that particular person her pain. So yeah. for, for Asha, if you want to grow Even though that's pretty active, profound.
1: That he Even though experienced that? Yeah, it's pretty of profound. Course,
0: to of course, but you don't learn... He's basically
1: that. saying, I'm, I'm tough and I don't complain about stuff, neither should you. But like, And also
0: he's saying, be grateful to exist as a person who's free.
1: You should be so, you're so lucky to have this opportunity.
0: Exactly. And that all of those things are true, but nobody learns that through the shame of being like, you should be grateful. They learn that from experiencing empathy and compassion and love and limits and living their life and watching the adults around them be compassionate, loving, kind people, then they're grateful and people with gratitude. But you don't learn it from being like told you should be grateful no, any more than you would learn like to be to love someone if somebody says you should love them or you should be sad right now when you're happy.
1: You can't should somebody into feeling something. Exactly, you can't. I do think you can shape it though. Like I'm hoping this year works, but I haven't visited the orphanage that we created when my dad passed away, I, like built an orphanage for him in Africa, and um, I do, I do want to take Asha and Zane there and like see the kids, and I'm, like I feel like that is the way for her to see, maybe that I don't need a million toys, or maybe to feel appreciative, or but maybe but, those will be s- separate, right? Like yeah.
0: she grows up and she sees that. That's exactly right. You're shaping, you're modeling, you're you're modeling this just by going and doing good work and you're not naming, you don't say like, see, this is why you should be grateful. Look at these orphans. You're, you're going to look at the orphans. Let her observe what's happening. Ask her questions. What did you notice? What did you notice that they have? Was there anything that you noticed that's different about what your life looks like and their life, but not through the lens of like trying to get her to come up with the right answer? Cause the right answer takes years, if not decades, to develop.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to call you and prep before we go on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's Well, it'll be, I mean, it. you know, I, I, I want to see where she came from, and I want to I visit the, the place that they honored my dad, and there's a pomegranate a tree and a plaque, and it tells his story, and I want to be able to read it to her and, like, understand how it came kind of full circle. Because mm-hmm. I do have a lot of, I know I shouldn't, but I have a lot of, like, projected hope for what she'll do in the future based on this experience and i've heard from many people that the siblings of children whose siblings have special needs can tend to become the most amazing of people but i also can't just put that on her and expect it i i just don't want to get in the way of that happening because she's jealous of him and i'm hoping right. that it's a phase she'll grow out of and like every day i'm learning of a new challenge that i hadn't expected in parenting and every day we're trying to figure out how to be like problem solve around it and be good and stay, you know, somewhat sane. But it's like...
0: With no sleep.
1: Well, I mean, it's... Sleep is one of the... um, It's a challenge that comes with autism. And like the other night, like think of this PTSD. I, I heard the dogs barking outside. And I could tell that they were barking from outside instead of inside. And I was like, oh, shit. And I ran in and Joe... My husband is training Zane to sleep in his room with him in there instead of me anymore because he's going through puberty and he can't be with me. And it's really difficult because I want to give him the love and security that has been there for him for so long that actually also enables him to feel safe enough to learn. But it's really hard because I can't do it because his body's changing. And so, but Joe sleeps like deep sleep, like, you know, like guys can And I go in there, I flip on the light and sure enough, Zane's not in the bed. Joe is just out snoring and I'm like, Joe, wake up. The dogs are barking from outside and we run outside and we live on like six acres of land and there's a river and then another four acres and we have neighbors that are really nice and we went downstairs, the lights were on in the kitchen and like it was so terrifying, you know, And, uh, and Zane was gone. And Joe found them 20 minutes later behind the neighbor's house, trying to get into their house. And they're really friendly neighbors. And in fact, they were staying at our villa in uh, DR because we gave gave it to him as a gift for being such nice neighbors because they're always so welcoming to Zane. Uh, But like they're welcoming to him because they'll give him like ice cream and bananas when he shows up. And I have to tell him like, actually, you can't do that because you're rewarding his elopement. And it was like 2.40 in the morning on a freezing cold night. Yes. And Joe went and found him back there and brought him home. And I have to tell you, like, I looked at him as he walked in the door and my eyes were shining with pride because he put on his he put on his snow boots. Oh. <laughs> <By the> way, <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Totally. <laughs> because from a developmental standpoint That was huge. The last time he ran away in the snow, he did not put on the shoes. Uh, But like, you know, like that's the level. And then you have another five-year-old who's like almost like an uber genius.
0: But that, and that's the thing that's going to be so important for that uber genius to also have connection and support. And it's nor by the way, siblings have jealousy. Of course, they're fighting for the most precious resource that they both
1: need, which is parental um, love. Yeah. Love, love and attention. And but you see system. why I don't sleep. Like, would you, aren't you glad I'm not a, like that I'm not a deep sleeper? Because I've been trained to wake up every hour to check. Because you're
0: hypervigilant because you've had experiences that have taught you. It's not you. like,
1: it's not like you can take a sleep aid because then you would miss it. <laughs> So it's just a thing. I've learned to adapt. I sleep, I literally sleep after I know both kids are safe and have left the house in the morning. I sleep for like, that's when I sleep for four hours. I mean, you know, it's just all of these things require adaptability, flexibility, like learning a new way. And I know, I know more and more new parents are having to deal with it. Autism is the thing that is our, you know, our thing. But in, And if autism is one in 44 kids in the country and if one in six children have a developmental diagnosis. And th- I mean, the, the odds are that in new family lives, there are going to be siblings who have an atypically developing other. Right. Right? It's, like, it's like you need a guidebook. There
0: are certain very typical challenges that typically developing kids who have siblings with special needs have, like the perfectionism, the need to feel like they're nothing if they're not perfect because they can't burden the household. Like five-year-olds right. different. But cut two years later, and there's a much higher chance that there's that sense of like, if I'm not perfect, I'm going to take some of the, I'm going to deplete my parents who can't afford any more depletion Mm -hmm. emotionally. And so there's like a growing up so quickly. And that's why it's so wonderful to be able to say, hey, you get to make mistakes too. Even if you know how to, you know, keep your pee in your, you know, like not pee in your bed or not do one of the not things not pretend you you're flailing happen. around making you it. not pretend you're making those sounds like you're trying on something to see how it fits and i get it and there's also a high you know higher likelihood that there's a fear of expressing feelings so having parents who say to you your feelings are totally valid is life changing for siblings of special needs kids i mean it's for everybody but imagine how much more critical it is For kids who are otherwise wondering, like, am I allowed to feel this way? Is this a should? You know, like the should feels, and that their problems are minimized. So, like, and again, this happens in families without kids with special needs, but for siblings of kids with special needs, it's the same thing as like my sister complaining to my grandfather. (laughs) Like, you just learn potentially, unless your caregivers keep reminding you, your story about your boyfriend who's breaking up with you and you're devastated when you're 14 years old is just as important for me to hear versus, I don't have time for this. Do you know Mm -hmm. how much I have to get done right now for your brother? So those are easy ways. They're not easy. They're easy, again, when I'm well-rested and this is not my lived experience, (laughs) but they are small ways that can shape a different experience for a sibling who is more likely to have those feelings.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it was like, it started all with her thinking he was totally perfect. And then the behaviors became so challenging. And you were actually the one who said, you know, it might be time to tell her that Zane's brain works differently than your brain. And so, but that was a big moment and we sat down and then there were massive repercussions from that moment that I still haven't yet figured out how to explain. Um, I think
0: it's more, you know, being straightforward so that kids don't feel like they're insane. Yeah. You just explain it. I mean, every time you explain it to anybody else, it's super clear. Yeah. It's just that there's emotions attached, but a five-year-old can understand how a typical brain is developing and an atypical brain is developing and they can understand equity versus equality. Those are the things that she needs to understand.
1: Yeah,
0: And really just naming things for kids that they're not observing one thing and being told another thing, that is so gaslighting and confusing. Mm-hmm. So once you do that, it doesn't matter how they, like their response and it's not that the response doesn't matter because that's, again, easy to say when it's not my lived experience, but it's that you're there for them. If it's hard or not hard, it's, you can get through it all. There's nothing to be afraid of if she's struggling, I guess is my point, as long as she knows that she's not alone or crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think that is really important. And I think I just need to remind myself of this often. Because you have a lot on your plate. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Who, you know, who doesn't? Well, I, have a lot I of resources. don't have
0: that much on my plate.
1: Well, so, but a lot of people don't get to talk to you and have someone, to, you know, it's a blessing. Like that's a, it's a resource that I don't think many have. So I know I have a lot on my plate, but I feel like for some reason it's there and I need to do the most with it. So
0: It is. It's on your plate and you are doing the most with it. And it's just a matter when it comes to Asha, because she's the least of the challenges. Like those tendencies, that's not just special need. Think about any kids in any circumstances with parents who have anything that's on their that's heavy, heavily weighing yeah. on them. Of course, those are going to be very similar behaviors, not just with special needs siblings, but it's like you, you, you really do have the job of advocating for yourself as a mother and a human. And then you have to speak for a child who can't speak in, he can, but in the way that would be much easier to just make sure that he's heard. Mm -hmm. But then there's a child who can say anything and she still needs an advocate. And I think that's just like, it's a lot to stretch yourself across. But I think the payoff is just the connection and then the gratitude comes and the understanding and the looking back up to, sh- like, I do think it will come full circle and she will look up to Zane. It's just the space between when she first met him and when she gets back there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that day. I wish I wish it could happen faster, but I know it's all a process. So thank you for helping me figure out how to, how to get through today, tomorrow, and the next day with a little more grace. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about Shazi's story or get a hold of the really incredible, clean as a whistle products that she makes for babies, go to www.healthybaby.com and I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll also put in the show notes a link for parents who are looking for support where they're typically developing children in the context of having special needs siblings.